0: This podcast is a presentation of Sunset Presbyterian Church. For more information, log on to our website at www.sunsetprez.org. Well, today is a special Sunday. We have a special guest speaker here today. His name is Bill Katz, and he is a Jewish believer in Jesus. He serves in a ministry called Hope for Israel, and he goes around North America teaching about this ministry, Hope for Israel. Uh, He was here last March. Was anyone here the evening that he taught? Okay, so there's a number of you. Well, there was an overwhelmingly positive response to his teaching, and now after hearing him for the first time, now I understand why. And so uh, many months ago, we have planned this special service for you. We wanted you to hear his teaching um, in the main services on a Sunday, so you could all... uh, Uh, hear what he has to say. So last Sunday, we looked at the baptism of Jesus, and looking at that baptism helps us understand the meaning of baptism. Today is Communion Sunday, and so uh, Bill will be leading us through a traditional Passover Seder, and that, looking at this Passover Seder, is going to open our eyes around where we get the communion elements and what the meaning of communion is for us. And then we are then going to celebrate communion together. So would you give Bill a very, very, very warm and wonderful welcome this morning. So.
1: Oh, well, shalom. Oh, come on. I know I'm not. I, you know, I live in Texas, and we know those of us who are in Texas are very, you know, you know, loud and that kind of thing, but, you know, don't let, don't let me believe that what they say in Texas about Oregon is true, so here we go again, you know, for Texans, there's nothing like Texans, but I heard this joke, you know, Texas might be God's country, but he takes vacation in Oregon, so, uh, so here we go again, Shalom? Shalom, much better, well, I represent, as the screen says, Hope for Israel, we are a ministry from Israel. Based in Israel, actually our office is right at the corner in Jerusalem. There is a corner, which is uh, the corner of Ben Yehuda Street and uh, King George VI. So from there, we're sharing the gospel of the hope of Messiah, not only with Jewish people, but with all of Israel. Because in Israel, you have, of course, you have Jewish people, but you also have Arabs, you also have Jews, and they all need to hear the wonderful news of Yeshua the Messiah. Next uh, next slide, please. And of course, uh, how can you help us? I'm here to ask you to help, to help me. One of the ways you can help us is by liking us on Facebook. If you like us on Facebook, and I will not be offended if you take out your phones and open your Facebook app right now, and find us and like us, because that will raise our visibility, and that will help us with... Churches when looking for ministries from Israel will help us with actually Israelis who, you know, maybe do not have any hope. So uh, by liking us, you're helping us in all those ways. Next slide, please. Now, as an Israeli ministry, we offer some unique resources. And one of them, which I want to recommend, I'm really surprised. I brought 50. We already sold like 30 uh, during the first service. We have this discipleship book. One of our main thrusts. One of the uh, the heart of our ministry is discipleship, because many people in Israel accept the Lord, but ma- but many do not remain. So we are very strong discipleship. So we have put together this discipleship book called Foundations of the Faith. It is in Hebrew in Russian. And in English, and it is written as any discipleship book. But thinking that an Israeli who has all the prejudices, who doesn't have any of the Christianese language that we are so accustomed to here in North America, um, we we have written this for an Israeli Jew who will come looking for the truth in Messiah. So, uh, I recommend that you get it. It costs only $10, and you will have a unique piece of literature about the foundations of our faith, which, of course, are Jewish. Next one. And we have this very unique item. We have a 16-month Hebraic calendar. Uh, This is a calendar uh, totally designed and printed in Israel with original, beautiful Israeli art, and uh, not only you get a calendar, not only you get a, uh, uh, you get to see all the festivities that the Jewish people celebrate, festivities which of course were ordained by God in the Book of Leviticus. But you also get uh, many other things. You get a, an annual reading plan of the Bible. You also get to see what portions of Scripture. They are reading at the synagogue every week. And I don't know if you knew, but at the synagogue, in every synagogue around the world, from Portland to Singapore to Hong Kong from New York, every weekend is the same portion. And so you get to see which portion they're reading. And that way you also get to pray for my people. And uh, these, uh, these calendars, we ask you $10 uh, for these beautiful calendars. And uh, they're very original, not only for the things I told you, but also because I dare you find another calendar anywhere in the world that started two weeks ago. (laughs) What a gift. I mean, if you want to give this away, oh my God, I mean, where else are you going to find a calendar that started two weeks ago? So uh, I have both the books and this calendar uh, in the resource table at the end. And uh, as I said, uh, we ask you for a $10 donation. But also, by buying these, by donating, uh, by getting these materials, you're helping us to uh, seed, to plant seed, to sow the seeds of the gospel in the land of Israel. We do a lot of things in Israel, food distribution. And if I can have the last uh, slide, please. Um, we do uh, food distribution. We do. Uh, we proclaim the gospel. And in order to learn all those things, we offer you a weekly email where we give you a devotional from Israel. What we do every we are a unique ministry because we do not send uh, uh, paper uh, paper stuff. But if you sign up for it, and you should have received a card uh, with uh, uh, a card uh, to sign up for this. If you give us your email address, we'll be happy to send you every Friday the weekly portion that is read right in, the, in the synagogue. Uh, we will send you an explanation of that portion, but also we will show you how that connects to Yeshua, as we call him, Jesus the Messiah. And you also will be getting updates, and you'll be able to pray for us and also help us. Uh, now, uh, next slide, please. Um, you also have an opportunity at the end of the service if you want, and I want to say this, this church is already helping us, but you can also donate for our work. Maybe you can get to Israel, but you can plant your seed in Israel. You can make a difference in Israel. And particularly at this time, we're in the middle of a period called the high holidays, where a lot of people need help. As I said, we have a lot of we have a great uh, distribution, uh, food distribution campaign called Operation Chesed, and uh, you can help us to put together food in boxes for people who need it at that time. And again, we do not discriminate. You know, we will give these boxes to Jewish people, to Arab people, to believers, and also to non-believers particularly who, want to, who need to hear the good news of Yeshua. So I, I hope at the end of the service you'll come by. I'm both for the materials, and if you want to donate you can give by cash you can write a check with israel or maybe you're saying oh my god i need i i need a thousand miles for that trip to hawaii so you know what if you need that we take credit cards so you can we can help you you can uh, let me as uh, uh, using the line of a famous movie help us help you Okay, so I, wait, I, I hope I can get you at the end, of, uh, I can meet you at the end of the service. Well, that's all I'm going to say about that. Thank you for taking that off, and let's get into God's Word. Uh, our portion for today is found in the book of Luke, chapter 22. And I'm going to read this because sometimes Christians say, Wait a minute, we are Christians, we are Presbyterians. We're about to celebrate communion. Why do we have to learn about this Jewish stuff? Well, i got news for you. Jesus was Jewish, in case you didn't know. And he did Jewish stuff, you know, because, again, he was Jewish. I remember when, I was, when someone first introduced the gospel to me, and I said, well, that's very nice, but I don't believe in Jesus. And they said, why? Because I'm Jewish. And so, well, we Jews don't believe in Jesus, but why? I guess you didn't hear me the first time. Because we're Jewish. That's like, you know, not believing in, Jew, in Jesus is a very Jewish thing to do. So anyway, Jesus did a very Jewish thing when he celebrated Passover, because in case you didn't know, that's when he gave us the Lord's Supper. As it says in Luke 22, read first, the first verse. Now, verse 1. The Feast of Unleavened Bread called the Passover was approaching and the chief priests and the, and the teachers of the law were looking for some way to get rid of Jesus for they were afraid of the people. Verse 7. Then came the day of unleavened bread on which the Passover lamb had to be sacrificed. Jesus sent Peter and John saying, Go and make preparations for us to eat the Passover. Where do you want us to prepare for it? They asked. He replied. As you enter the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him to the house that he enters, and you shall say to, and say to the owner of the house, The teacher asks, Where is the guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs, all furnished. Make preparations there. You see, what many people don't know is that when Jesus gave us the Lord's Supper, he was celebrating Passover. And he was celebrating Passover for a very special reason. So there's a connection between Passover and communion, and that's the theme of our, of, of our message this morning. So I hope in these three minutes that we have together, you will come with me and celebrate Passover. So come and celebrate Passover. Now, Passover is a seven-day feast known as the Feast of Unleavened Bread. And during this time, we don't need anything that contains leaven. As the text says, you know, it's the feast of unleavened bread. Why no leaven? Well, throughout scripture, we find that leaven is usually associated with sin. And since this is a holy convocation, we can't have anything in the house that contains leaven. We can't have anything in the house that represents sin. That is why uh, the house, in order to celebrate Passover, we need to clean the house completely and Throw away anything that contains leaven. In other other words, we need to throw away everything that represents. That's right. Once the house is cleansed, we're ready to celebrate the Passover Seder. Seder is a Hebrew word which means order. For during the Passover, we need to do a lot of things in a particular order. And everything begins with the lighting of the candles, which is the duty and the honor of the Woman of the house. So, she lights the candles. And once she does this, she's going to say a special prayer that goes like this. Which translated means, Blessed art thou, O Lord, our God, King of the universe. You have blessed us with your commandments and have given us the commandment of lighting the Passover candles. It's very appropriate that a woman lights these lights. For this reminds me that the Messiah, the light of the world, will not come from the seed of man, but from the seed of woman and the will of God. As the prophet Isaiah foretold, behold, a virgin shall conceive and shall bear a son, and his name shall be called Emmanuel, God with us. I know I'm not in Texas, but can I get an amen? There we go. Now, now it's time to say the, the blessing over the first cup. During Passover, we drink from our cups four times. And every time we do, the cup receives a special name. The first cup is the cup of, uh, the cup of blessing. Then comes the second cup, uh, the cup of plagues. Then comes the third cup, which is the one that we're really interested in, for this is the one that Jesus took. This is the famous one uh, when he gave us the Lord's Supper. And interestingly enough, this is called the cup of redemption. And then we have the fourth cup, the cup of praise. It is with the first cup, the cup of blessing, that the Father raises the cup and says a prayer that goes like this. Baruch Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Borei Amen Blessed art thou, o Lord our God, King of the universe who gives us the fruit of the vine. Amen. The ceremony has started and the youngest child comes to ask the meaning of Passover. Youngest boy, youngest girl. They come forward, and they ask the, traditional, the four traditional questions of Passover. These are chanted. They are in Hebrew, of course. And the first one goes like this. Which translated means, why is this night different from all other nights? And we explain. This is what we do to remember what the Lord our God did for us. When he took us out of the land of Egypt, out of the land of bondage, with a strong hand, and an outstretched arm. You see, the message of Passover is a message of freedom. It's a message of liberation. For this reminds us that we were slaves in Egypt. And we had a horrible life. And it was in our desperation, in our suffering, that we cried out to God. And he sent us a liberator. His name was Moses. And, of course, Moses came to God with those famous words. Let my people go. But Pharaoh would not let us go. So God had to send plagues. And nothing happened. So God said, enough! I'm going to send a final and terrible plague. And so God promised that on one night, the angel of death would visit the land of Egypt. And he would take the lives of every firstborn in every family in the land of Egypt. But God, in his mercy, decided to save us. And what was the means of that salvation? Well... He told us to take a lamb, a spotless lamb, a perfect lamb, to sacrifice that lamb on the altar and to apply the blood of those lambs on the doorposts of our homes, first on top and then on the sides. And so when the angel of death came to the land of Egypt that night and he saw the blood of those lambs on the doorposts of our homes, the angel of death passed over the homes of the Jewish people. And that's where we get the name Passover. The angel of death passed over the homes of the Jewish people because of the blood. What a great act of redemption. But those of us who know Messiah Yeshua, Jesus, we know of a greater act of redemption. For just as my my ancestors had life because they applied the blood of those lambs on the doorposts of their homes, today we also have life. But eternal and abundant life if we apply the blood of Messiah Jesus to the torples of our hearts. Amen. There you go. Okay, second question. Why is it that tonight we eat only unleavened bread? And we explain. Our ancestors in the rush to leave the land of Egypt, they had to take the bread, but the dough had not risen yet. One of the most prominent features at the Passover table is this called the matzah tosh. Now, it's a very interesting thing. Because it's one pouch, one bag, you could say, but it has three compartments. Look at this one, two, and three. So it's one, but it's three. Where have I heard that? <laughs> or we could say it's three. Well, it's actually, the blood thickens. And inside this pouch, we have three pieces of unleavened bread. But wait! You know, as they say say in commercial, there's more. Um, (laughs) At this point, the father removes the middle piece of bread. So, he takes his bread, says a prayer, Adonai, Eloheinu melech haolam, lechem min And he breaks it in two. He puts one piece aside, but the other one becomes special. This one is not eaten now. Rather, we wrap it in a piece of cloth, and we hide it somewhere in the house. No one knows what this piece of bread, which, by the way, receives a special name. It's called the Afikomen, or he who comes later. So, we don't need this piece of bread now. For the moment remains, it has been broken, has been, hid, it has been hidden like buried, but then needs to be brought back that also sounds familiar. Right? Yeah. Oh, it's a Jewish thing. No, no, no. There can't be any connection. Right, right. So, but at the end of the service, we'll have to bring it back or we won't be able to finish the service. Okay. Two final questions. Why is it that tonight we eat only bitter herbs? And the other one, why do we dip the bitter herbs in salty water? Well, in order to explain this, let me show you the other most prominent feature of the Passover table, this is called a Seder plate. Inside this plate, we have different things, different symbols that we eat. And each of these symbols, again, has something to tell us about the message of Passover. The first one is called carpas, or greens. And we usually use parsley, parsley or lettuce. Now, these greens represent life for a very simple reason. I mean, this morning, you know, it was beautiful. You know, it rained, I came out, and, you know, that smell, you know, the air was fantastic. You don't get that in Israel. Because here you have lakes and streams and whatnot. In Israel, you have water. Water is very scarce. So, you know, I'm looking out there, there's all this green, In Israel, mostly, everything is beige. You know, what are these pressing colors? Beige. Those of us who grew up in the 70s, everything was beige, you know. And uh, so, in Israel, every time that you see green, you know that there's life because there's water. So, these greens represent life. And before we eat them, we dip them in salty water, which is a symbol of tears, And with this, we remember that life without redemption is a life of tears. And it certainly was for my ancestors in Egypt. The second element is called Maror. And here we have the creamy version, but the correct one is the ground. This is is supposed to be fresh ground horseradish. Oh, yummy, huh? The interesting thing is that at this point, the service was supposed to take a nice... You know, nice, gulp and eat it. You know what happens when you do that? Uh, let me put it in context for you sophisticated Oregonians, you know. I know I'm in a chill, in a chill and cool state. Wasabi. Wasabi is hot radish. What happens when you eat too much horseradish, put too much horseradish in your sushi? You cry. That's right. Well, that's what happens when you eat horseradish. And the rabbis say that's what we're supposed to do. We are supposed to shed a few tears to remember the many that our ancestors cried when they were slaves of Pharaoh in Egypt. The next element is quite different. This is what we call the haroset. The haroset is a mixture of chopped apples, cinnamon, honey, sugar, and, uh, and it's delicious. Uh, this mixture, according to the rabbis, reminds us of the mixture that the, Jew- the mortar that the Jewish people used to make bricks for Pharaoh. Many people say, but that doesn't make any sense. How could it be that such a sweet mixture reminds us of such a bitter toil? And the rabbis say it's very simple. Even the hardest, the bitterest life is sweetened with the promise of redemption. The next element is what we call the hagiga. The hagiga is an egg that we put over the flame so it burns. The Hagiga is a symbol of grief for the Jewish people. It's a symbol of pain. For the Hagigah was the name given to the temple, to the uh, sacrifice brought to the temple. As you know, the temple was destroyed in the year 70 AD. So since those days, we don't have that. We don't have, uh, we don't have the temple. We don't have the altar, and instead we have this egg to remind us of these two things. Those two things we no longer have. The last element is the Zoroa which is the shag bone of a lamb. And it's also a symbol of grief for the Jewish people. Symbol of grief for it reminds us again that since we don't have the temple, we can no longer make sacrifices. So I don't have it here for a reason because I want to make a point. The presence of these two elements brings us to a question. Without the temple, without a sacrifice, without an altar, how can we be redeemed? For the Bible is very clear when it says that there's, you know, we sing it so many times, you know, we need blood to wash away our sins. Well, the rabbis say we no longer need that because the temple has been destroyed. But the rabbis are wrong. All they needed to do when the temple was destroyed was to listen to the words of a man called Yohanan. You probably know him as John, John the Baptist. And one day when he was baptizing in the River Jordan, he saw Jesus and remember his words? Behold, the Lamb of God Who takes away the sin of the world. We no longer need sacrifices. We no longer need altars. We no longer need the temple. For Messiah Yeshua gave his life for us. And his sacrifice takes away all our sins. Then we have the second cup. The cup cup of plagues. And we use this cup uh, to remember the ten plagues. And what we do is we recite the name of each plague at this time. And we... uh, we pour ten drops on the table to remember the ten plagues that came upon the land of Egypt. Now, after this comes what, unfortunately, most Jewish people are looking for. Dinner, you know, food, feed me, you know. And uh, again, we are seeing this in a very short time, but Passover takes between four to six hours. and I tell you, you get, you get hungry. Now, Jesus had... Uh, dinner on that day with his disciples. And of course, the menu was... Who can tell me? What was the protein? Lamb, that's right. The lamb that had been sacrificed. And so far, everything was going according to plan. But I, 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 I tell you, nobody was expecting what was to come next. Because after dinner, we have the third cup. The cup of redemption. However... The service can't continue. It can't continue for something is missing. Something that at the very beginning had been broken, buried, and now we need to bring it back. Does anybody remember the name? That's right, the Afrikomen. There's a time when all the kids get up and start running around the house looking for the Afrikomen. Of course, only one will find it. And when the Afrikomen is found, It is returned to the Father, who will now break it in little pieces. Every person at the table receives a piece of bread. And this piece of bread is going to be taken together with the third cup. The cup of redemption. Now, does this look familiar? We should see this is the origin of communion. Think about this. Where else can we find a clear image of Jesus that in the Afikomen, which is without leaven, the symbol of a nature without? But I can see Jesus not only in the Afikomen, but in the Matsatosh as well. Remember this pouch containing the three pieces of unleavened bread? A lot of mystery surrounding the origin of this pouch. Now some rabbis say it reminds us of the three patriarchs of Israel. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. But why is the middle matzah broken, buried, and then brought back? Others say, no, 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 no. This reminds us of the three divisions of worship in the ancient kingdom of Israel. The priests, the Levites, and the people. But again, why is the middle matzah broken, buried, and then brought back. Finally, others say, no, 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 no. This is probably regarding, this probably has to do with the three pillars of Judaism. Uh, Good deeds, mitzvot, uh, prayer, (tefillim), and uh, the rabbinical law, halacha. But again, why is the middle matzah broken, buried, and then brought back? The thing is, nobody knows. And none of these answers give me a real answer. The thing is, why do we keep looking for answers? Why don't we accept the answer that we find in the very design of the matzah? Tos? you see in it, we have three pots. But they're one. One word which in Hebrew means one is the word echad. And this word was used by God when speaking to the Jewish people. When he says, Shema Israel Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai, Echad, Hero Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is. But the word used here to say one is Echad, which means unity. And it is during Passover that the Father removes the middle portion. This one becomes visible, while the other two remain invisible. And it is this one that is broken, buried, and then brought back. My friends, I think this is a clear statement. That it refers to the unity of one God revealed in three persons. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. But why is the middle Massa broken, buried, and then brought back? Very simple. You know it. Because our Messiah, our Savior, was broken in his death, buried, and then brought back to life. It was of this bread that Messiah took that night and he said, This is my body, which is broken for all of you, Do this in remembrance of me. Then he took the third cup. The cup of redemption. Now how do we know it was the cup of redemption? Very simple. 2018. Go to any Jewish family. anywhere in the world. And ask the name of the cup. That uh, comes after dinner. It is the cup of redemption. It is the cup that is called he will save. And it was of this cup. That our Messiah said. This is my blood. The new covenant. In my blood. Which is shed for all of you. Do this. In remembrance of me. Isn't it ironic my friends. The millions of Jewish people around the world. Every year. Everywhere. Here in Portland. Seattle. LA. Chicago. New York, London, Jerusalem, they take a piece of bread and they take a cup to remember the body and the blood of those Passover lambs. Let us rejoice, because now we also going to take from the bread, we're going to partake from the cup, but to remember the body and the blood of another lamb our passover lamb messiah jesus amen thank you